I'm James Bryan Smith. Welcome to the Things Above podcast. You're listening to episode 46. One of my fondest memories was when I was about eight years old, my dad took on a second job plowing snow off of parking lots in shopping malls. And he would invite me to be a part of this mission, if you will. Typically what happened was on a Saturday morning around 4 a.m., he'd awaken me. He'd say, hey, it's time to get up, pal. And I'd wake up and I'd put on my parka and my snow boots and we'd go together on our mission And pretty soon we'd be in the parking lot of some shopping mall inside of the pickup truck that had a snowplow on the front. And my dad would kind of look at me and go, time for your job. And I would get out of the cab of the truck and put down orange cones. That was my job. He trained me how to do it. Basically, I would put down these orange cones just in case somebody might try to come into the parking lot while we were plowing it. It wasn't a big job, but hey, it was my job. I would return to the cab, and he'd start plowing the snow, and probably within about 10 minutes, I would fall asleep. That gentle sound of the engine of the truck, and early in the morning, nice, toasty, warm cab. And then a couple of hours later, he'd say, time to get up, pal. And sure enough, I'd wake up and notice the sun had risen, and then I'd look around and see that the parking lot had been completely cleared, and Around the edges of the parking lot, there were these mounds of blackened snow that was a sign of my dad's work. And then we would head home, and I was so excited because I knew that pancakes were in my near future. Those early mornings with my dad are some of my fondest and my most sacred memories. For many years, I really had no idea why they were so special to me. Why would being suddenly awakened from a deep sleep in the middle of a frigid Colorado night to ride an old pickup truck be anything thrilling. It certainly couldn't compare to going to Disneyland or a huge birthday party or having ice cream with my friends and getting presents or anything like that. But you know what? I'll take those frosty mornings with my dad over Disneyland and birthday parties any day. Why? Well, it's pretty clear to me now. Because on those really chilly mornings, I discovered my identity. Though I had no idea at the time, it was during those mornings that I came to know who I was. Because identity, I've learned, is conferred upon us only in relationship. So when my father came to my room and said those words, time to get up, pal, he conferred dignity on my eight-year-old self. Without saying the words, I knew who I was. I was and am his son. By inviting me to be with him, I was made worthy. In those mornings, I discerned who I am, sacred, valuable, important, significant, thanks to him, to my father, and his second job. Thanks to that, I discovered something profound about my identity. We all want to know who we are, and there are many voices telling us, voices from our family, from our friends, from our culture and from the internet. There are even voices inside of our heads, and some of them aren't so kind. Not only do we have condemning voices inside of our heads, some of us have entire committees inside of our heads. 
But there's only one voice that's able to tell us who we truly are, and that is the voice of Jesus. And he says this to each of us. Follow me, and I'll make you fish for people. Matthew 4, verse 19. Our quest for self-discovery is found in the invitation to be with Jesus. Therefore, if I'm to discover who I am, I can only do so through discovering his call to me. Dominic Robinson writes, We're fundamentally indefinable except through reference to Jesus. I love that. Fundamentally indefinable except through reference to Jesus. Now, we all ask the question, like, who am I? It's maybe the most important question that we have to answer. We may answer, well, I'm a sinner, or I'm a pretty good person. And you know what? I don't actually believe either of those are the right answers. Because we're not our brokenness, and we're not our goodness. We no longer have to engage in that futile struggle. Am I good? Am I bad? We're free from this impossible task of defining ourselves or others on the basis of our behavior or appearance or accomplishments. We find who we are when we hear the call of Jesus to be with him. Now, elsewhere, Jesus says, Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Matthew 11, 28 and 29. For each of us, who are all sons and daughters of God, the awareness of our true identity begins the moment we're awakened by the person of Jesus who says to us, time to wake up, pal. You know, it could be a dramatic moment, as it was for me. If you've listened to this podcast, you know that Jesus came into my life in a very real way in August of 1980 and turned my world upside down in a very good way. Or maybe it's a slow and gentle series of moments, so undramatic, you know, maybe you don't even notice, like my wife, who grew up in the church and never knew a time that she wasn't with Jesus. Because you're listening to this podcast, I assume you have been encountered by Jesus, but maybe not. And if not, well, I imagine he's already knocking at your door, and I hope and pray that you will open it, because the discovery of our true identity is found only in Jesus' voice who says to each of us in his own way, come be with me. We find out who we are when we say yes to Jesus' call. Now, it's not in our saying yes that we become something we weren't, as if we have anything to do with it, but in saying yes, in responding to Jesus, in putting on our parka or our snow boots, if you will, when we do that, we discover who we actually are. Jesus doesn't need to tell us we're good or bad or beautiful or even that he loves us. He says all of that and more when he invites us to be with him. He settled our significance when he summons us from our sleep, literal or figurative. He declares our dignity in his desire to be with us. Who are we? We are God's beloved. That's our identity. Thomas Merton when he was asked who he was, simply said, I am the beloved, not because of his inherent loveliness, but because of the love of God, a love Merton discovered when the voice of Jesus invited him to be with him. So Jesus comes to each of us. He comes to each of us just as my father came to me on that snowy morning. He invites us just as my father did 
into his mission, into what he's doing. Now, my father didn't have to tell me I was important. He didn't need to tell me I'm special or valuable or even that he loved me. He demonstrated his love for me by coming to me, by waking me up, by inviting me to be with him, with him, those two little words. My father wanted me to be with him. He didn't ever say it. He didn't need to say it. His actions said it. And so do the actions of Jesus. They say to us that we are loved because he took on our flesh. He breathed our air. He offered himself as a ransom for each one of us. He descended into the darkness and alienation that is human life, and he assumed it and he redeemed it. That's why I say it's only by looking at Jesus and what he did that we can understand who we are. And Jesus invites us on his mission, just as his father took me on his little excursion to do some good in a parking lot. So Jesus invites each of us into his mission to transform the world. Uh, Not on our own. I mean, it's not by our strength, but it's by his. I mean, my father made me feel like I was his partner, his co-worker. But in truth, my dad did all the work. I was just along for the ride. And as he was with me, so I am with Jesus. Jesus knows each of us individually and sets each of us on a unique mission that nobody else can fulfill. And by responding, by saying yes to him, by getting up and putting on our parka and snow boots, if you will, we're called into Christ's company and placed with him on his mission. And in doing so, we know who we are. We know who we are when we discovered that we have been written into his story. He and his story are beautiful and good and true. And in him, so are we. I hope you join me next week for episode 47. You won't want to miss it. It's an amazing conversation with William Paul Young, the author of the best-selling book, The Shack. And it's also a movie. And we're going to talk about the book. We're going to talk about the movie. And most importantly, we're going to talk about the Trinity. I want to mention that Paul will also be speaking at the upcoming Apprentice Gathering, September 26th through the 28th. And if you want to learn more about the conference or to register for it, go to our website, apprenticeinstitute.org. Until then, you can find me on Twitter and Facebook at James Ryan Smith. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. And you can also subscribe, which means you'll get them automatically each week. My hope, as always, is that one day if you're asked, what's on your mind, your answer will be, things above.